name is Aaron and I'm the pastor here. It's great to have everyone with us today. It is a strange day today as we do celebrate the death of Jesus. To the outsider, this is very strange that we would celebrate the death of our God. But as Christians, it is the most important moment in history to remember and indeed to celebrate because of what that sacrifice means to each one of us individually and to our whole world. We're thankful for this Easter series to Crossover who've provided the inspiration and the uh, ability to make it our own. One thing over the last two years that has occurred to many of us, just drop it back a bit, the gain probably. One thing that's happened over the last two years has been the conditioning of many of us to be tuned in to the latest catastrophic news event of the day. You think of all the bulletins that are running all the time. And uh, if you watch live TV, it's almost impossible to avoid them. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I don't watch live TV. Uh, but news comes from so many other sources as well, and most of it is not good. Think about what makes news at the moment. There's the conflict in Ukraine. There's the federal election. There's the tragedy from the Sydney Easter show. There's recovery from the floods up north. There's the latest catastrophizing over the next COVID variant, still. But how about this for a better question to be asking? What is the best news ever? Is that a better, better question to be asking? What is the best news ever? What's the best possible news that you could receive today? That you've been cured of cancer? That your tests came back negative? That your treatment was successful? that your broken relationship is being redeemed and restored, that your marks came back and they were good, that there's a new diet pill and you can take this diet pill and it makes you lose the amount of weight you want to lose and there's no side effects. Who would want that pill? <laughs> what about that chocolate that you eat that was given from the Easter Bunny is calorie free? That'd be good for Sunday, wouldn't it? Or that you've just inherited $10 million. Would that be good news? You know, countless people around the world and throughout history would laugh at the $10 million compared to the news that I have. Many have considered it more valuable than their own lives. The greatest news ever. See, we really want a source of real secure freedom. And the $10 million is tempting because we think it might get us to a place we really want to be. And that is a place of security and freedom. We, we want to be able to breathe. We want to get to a place where we don't need to worry because we're absolutely secure. For most people, 
$10 million would be enough to quit working, invest in property to live in and live off, never having to worry about money or security ever again. $10 million would buy us into a place where we're truly free to be our creative selves rather than weighed down by constant obligations and the expectations and judgments of others. A place where we know that we are enough and we belong and that secure standing is not contingent on us meeting ongoing performance criteria or shadowed by the possibility of getting kicked out. For most of us, $10 million is the price. We'd no longer have to keep riding the, the performance treadmill to keep a job we don't really like, to pay the bills we don't want, to live in a house we won't pay off for decades and to eat and move around in a more and ever costly world that we live in. Could it even be possible? For us to find ourselves in a place where we know that we are enough and that we belong and that secure standing is not contingent on us meeting ongoing performance criteria or shadowed by the possibility of getting kicked out? Is it possible? Well, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36. It's also on the screen. And let's see what Jesus has to say about this topic. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is talking precisely about this here. It comes down to slavery versus freedom. In those days, slavery was common. And a slave would belong to a wealthy family. But think of those words belong to a family. It just grinds on our modern brains so much, those words, that they belong to the family in the sense of being owned, but not in a sense that mattered. So even if they liked their master family, they could still be flicked off at any time. So they were on this constant performance treadmill to earn a place that had to be earned again, over and over again, every single week. That feeling of having to constantly perform but never actually achieving security is pretty familiar to most of us long after we thought slavery was abolished. But what does Jesus mean when he says everyone who sins is a slave to sin? Well, you might know this story from Jesus of the lost son. So Jesus tells a story of a young son who asked to receive his inheritance now. His inheritance that would normally only come his way because his father had died. He is rejecting his whole family and wanting to live his own way as though his dad was dead and so was the rest of the family. He's basically saying to them, you're all dead to me, let me take my money and go and live my own life. So the father gives him the money and the son goes and lives up large. He spends all of his inheritance so quickly. 
and finds himself longing for the food scraps the pigs are eating because all the money that bought him friends and the largesse of life vanished as quickly as the cash did. And he thinks of the servants in his father's house, how well they were looked after, how they never had want. And here he was, having chosen to live his own way and failing miserably. When we step outside of God's reign to live our own way, we find ourselves trapped instead of free, empty instead of full, lonely instead of connected and trapped. Because we can't earn our way back or operate on ourselves to fix our brokenness much as we try or don't try. You know, some attempt to cope with it by giving up altogether. Why strive? Why try? If we find ourselves on the outer with God, I mean, let's just claim that he's, an, he's, he's a, a snobby bigot who plays favourites. Who'd want to be with him? Some people try to cope with it by adopting a fatalist mentality and writing God off completely. Those who try to climb out desperately of the hole they've fallen into and those who don't bother to scramble at the sides at all but make themselves at home in the hole and determine to never look up, both are still equally trapped. But God is not a snob. He wants you back more than you want to be back, even if you're one of the tryhards. See, Jesus would still be one of the great teachers if he just observed all who sin are slaves to sin. If that's all he said, he would still be one of the great teachers. It's still a great truth, but it would not be the greatest news ever, would it? Jesus goes on to say that a permanent, unthreatened place in God's family is possible. His mission is stated in Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it's not by scrambling desperately at the sides of the hole or by cursing God aggressively or passively with a big sulk. No, See, God is a rescuing God. The full extent of his love is before us today. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So how do you get it? How do you get this freedom Jesus is talking about? And why do so few people have it? Well, Jesus told a story about a king who forgives his servant who was hopelessly in debt. That story is found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And you know what? This story was also told on television in Tasmania. I couldn't tell you how many times I saw this ad. It was on by the Christian Television Association in Tasmania. And I could recite it word for word for you. But instead of doing that, I actually got the video off YouTube for you to watch. So let's just go back into my childhood for a moment here 
and uh, listen to the soundtrack as a flashback to 90s Tasmania. In the jungle one day, in a land far away, the king... Let's start that again. In the jungle one day, in a land far away, the king was collecting his rent. All the animals came, rich or poor, just the same from wherever the message was sent. But the crocodile green, with his temper so mean, said he'd wasted his money on games. So the king said, you'll pay or in the dungeon you'll stay eating spinach and burnt toast and brains. The croc said, no, no, not that, please, and fell down on his knees. So the kind king forgave him his debt and sent him away forgiven that day. And the croc said he'd never forget. But the crocodile green, with his temper so mean, found a monkey to take for a ride. Pay me, he said, or I'll eat you instead and I'll gobble you right up inside. The monkey cried out and his friends gave a shout and the king came running to see. He's learned nothing today, so take him away. Let the poor little monkey go free. Now our father in heaven, through the son that he's given, forgives us our sins and our debts. And he expects us to not make a fuss, but like Jesus, forgive and forget. Every word can say it back every single word. The word, though, forgive in the original Greek that was used here means to loose. It's the word you'd use for untying your donkey from a post. It means to set free. Forgives, to set free. So when the servant's massive debt was forgiven, it was meant to set off a chain reaction. He would, in turn, go and forgive or set free those who owed him money, those who were in debt to him. And and then, in turn, they would forgive people who owed them money and so on and so on. A domino of chains being broken and of people being released. That was what was supposed to happen. But instead of having the words, your debt is forgiven, ringing in his ears as he left the palace, the one, the words he had was, be patient with me, I'll pay back every cent. That was his mindset. And so when he bumped into someone who owed him money, he put the squeeze on him to get the money to pay off some of his own debt. And can you see that chain reaction unfolding to a whole conga line of chokeholds? There's too much of that. People under the pump putting other people under the pump. A vortex spiralling down. Now, if I had a dollar for every single time in the workplace when a boss put the pressure on the person under them, who in turn puts the pressure on the person under them and under them until finally it got down to me at the bottom and then you feel the full weight of pressure from the whole hierarchy in the workplace. If I had a dollar for every time I experienced that, I would have a lot more money than I do now because that just seems to be my life and history in the workplace is the pressure comes from the top and just keeps coming and coming and coming. And I'm not sure if you've had experiences like that in workplaces you've been part of. See, it all results in the weight of that spiralling vortex of chokeholds. I'm sure many of us have had those experiences. People under the pump putting other people under the pump. 
It's a massive part of our experience of life. Struggling with the heavy burdens and, and placing those same heavy burdens then on those around us. And those burdens just get heavier and heavier, never lighter. But you know what? Jesus offers a far better way. A spiralling up freedom that's like an untangling knot that gets looser and looser and easier and easier with each step. So you can be part of one or the other. You can choose to exit that downward vortex and instead jump on the spiralling up freedom from Jesus. Jesus offers his forgiveness openly, but you need to receive it. You need to receive it with, with open hands so that you can't be in the middle of choking someone else. So receiving God's love and loving others goes hand in hand and always will. Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You see, this is what happened on Good Friday. Jesus' voluntary death set off a chain reaction of freedom and life, arresting the spiral of evil, revenge and retribution. Isn't that the glorious message of hope? And so it comes down to this. As you go out from this gathering today, from considering the death of Jesus, what words will you have ringing in your ears? What words will you have going around in your mind, underlying all your decisions and conversations? Will it be that you're insecure and inadequate and on ice and needing to prove your place? Will it be that you've got to keep running on that treadmill and work harder and harder to be good enough? Or will it be the words of Jesus? It is finished. There is nothing you can do. I've done it for you. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Aren't those the words that should be ringing around in our hearts and in our minds every single day, we are no longer bound by slavery to sin because Jesus has set us free. What a message of glorious hope. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that your Son has been given for us. And in that that moment on the cross, which we do indeed celebrate today on Good Friday, Lord, that was the moment that victory was won over sin and death. And those words of Jesus are more true now than ever before. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Lord, I pray as we leave here today, we would get out of that downward vortex but jump on the spiraling up freedom that is in Jesus. That, Lord, we would receive it with open hands. That we would forgive 
because we are forgiven. That, Lord, because we've experienced your love, we are able to love. Lord, because we have great hope in you, we are able to share that hope with others. And so, Lord, I pray that the words that we would have ringing in our minds, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Because, Lord, it is finished. Amen. Well, what more than fitting time for us to now conclude our service with a song that wraps it up so completely. It was finished upon that cross. Why don't you stand and sing with us?